All right, welcome everybody to From Rock Bottom to Badass. And today I have my friend Heminesh Goel. Is that I say it right? Yes. Yeah. Right. Goel. Yep. Okay, so tell the people who are you? Yeah, so my name is Heminesh Goel. I recently graduated from VC VCU this year in August. And, and um, right now I'm working in the professional industry as a analyst. And um, I think majority of my career has mostly been about academia. I'm just trying to learn the kinks of what does it take to be 21 and older. Um, so I, throughout my academic career, there have been some, there have been some techniques that I've used to help me get through the journey of going from each step of the school zone. Um, but yeah, that's a brief summary of who I am. Awesome. So where are you from and like what who are you as a person like outside of your academia? Uh, so outside of academia, um, a lot of my interest, a lot of my interests would lie around. It was either some having to do something with like engineering but mindsets building something, whether it's like a Lego set or um, I one time built my own ukulele, but um, just kind of putting the pieces together. Um, oh. But I also really had this, whenever there would be some type of advice or um, speech that was leveled at like, a, um, at a level where you're learning from that person, whether it's like a commencement, watching a speaker give their experience or trying to understand a specific tool that was also something that i used to do outside just trying to break gates of things like i remember one um they were i don't know if it was a book but there was this one tool that people said it was really hard to kind of frame the problem but i was kind of willing to take the risk even though i didn't have any sort of in uh clue what it was but just kind of like doing small steps and taking 5% over here, then going 5% over there, because that way you have at least like a broad idea. Um, so. so I'm hearing that you love like engineering sort of things and like motivational and like self-development. Yeah. And, oh. and I mean, it's, it's slowly changing and I'm starting to get the bigger picture of it. But um, now I think ever, that was something I saw when I was in, middle school and high school and then when college came it was it started to continue it just started to evolve after that when the pandemic hit um because a lot of people were self-analyzing myself and I was in that same boat yeah for so sure. it's now the answers got a little bit more deepened you know now there's tools which I never thought about which I never knew had those capabilities which have now interested me outside of like um the work that I do you know there's now now there's a fascination for cloud. There's a fascination, a fascination for data visualization. How do you work with those? And also, how do you try to level the height of photographs through tools like Photoshop and Lightroom? So um, trying to tell a story because everyone says the acronym that a photo is more than a thousand words. Yeah. Which if you have, if you have a writing of it, that also helps to give a good description. So um, also absorbing my writing talent as well so that's also another thing that's come into 
a lot of new things have come into the pandemic. Now, the only thing that, that I'm having to also learn at the same time is figure out what to juggle between personal and professional. <laughs> because if you put too much on one seesaw, the other one breaks. <laughs> and if that breaks, then it becomes hard to like, you know, hit it back on the fulcrum, which it, it's it's a challenge, you know, like just, I mean, you were just mentioning how <laughs> just to get that course recording, it took so much time because of the amount of uh, um, sea waves you've had, you've had to go through. Okay, so in order to be on this podcast, you had to have identified with a recovery story or a rebirth journey of some sort. Can you tell us um, what that means to you and how that fits into your life? So, you know, right now, it's funny that I'm actually, I'm right now trying to recover from previous experiences to kind of lead to, because the location of where I'm going to be working full time like the standard eight to five is a location of where one it's to start to my dreams and goals and second it's to prepare for that you need to know how to do it right um and there's so many facts like in terms of if you want to make the most out of it you have to know you have to get the fundamental basics in terms of being able to be in, uh, uh, be a part of that zone. And that, so my location, it's in the New York City area. That's where I have to move in next uh, next year, Jan. Uh, um, so for that, I'm having to revisit areas where I'm having to make myself uh, un- uncomfortable. So right now, I mean, I don't know how long this recovery story might go along, <laughs> go, uh, as, as long as it would, but um, the, when you mentioned that, I had a, it's, I think it started sometime around like middle of, uh, middle of middle school, where around summer, seventh and eighth grade, I was having to be a part of this, no, starting to learn the fundamentals of meditation when I really wasn't, there was not, it wasn't something that, you know, I, I was not like going through panic attacks or anything like that. It was just a tool or skill set that my parents and my friends around me thought would be helpful just for something near down the future. You know, just a lot of the times we always find something accessible that we don't think might help us now, but it helps us five years down the lane. And that's what I was practicing those two years. And then all of a sudden the journey to um, fitness took its toll in ninth grade and I I had never gone so extreme because I was always a sports person and when they were one it was one the high school was new it just opened and we were the first batch second it was it was the fitness had ramped up to areas where I was doing strength training I was um doing all forms of covering HIIT, high intensity interval training and other areas. And I, I might've been a bit too extreme where the, the learning aspect really lagged a lot. Um, so, you know, being a part of events, being in late night areas kind of 
being that typical teenager zone where you kind of hit the boundaries. But, and I mean, obviously, I was always someone that never uh, was uh, drinking or I kind of stayed away from all those activities. But just having to manage the, um, the, the physical capacity of just having to want more of it because it's kind of even fitness itself, even when you're not doing it, it's a huge addiction when you're not in a routine where you're on off days and on days, because if you're doing it every day, it's all, everyone, everyone thinks that, and this is applicable to everyone in life, that when everything's going well, there's no complaints. When everything goes down, they think they're stupid. It's because of them. They didn't know how to take the right decision, but it's, it's fatal that it's, it's going to happen with everyone. The ups and downs are necessary to, in order to help you grow out of that. And it took me some time to realize that until I was in the second year of college that no matter how hard I try, this will either fail or succeed. And it's dependent. There's already a huge timeline written for us. And we, some parts we can change and some we can't. And, you know, that entire high school was into just fitness, fitness, fitness. And I, whereas a lot of my other folks were learning other skill sets and finding their passions, it took me until end of Olympia to kind of start absorbing that. What did I really enjoy? The building part, the, um, the kind of using the meditation to its secret ability. And there was an event that I, so as I got, the one thing I didn't leave, I feel like is like my, how would I describe it? Um, it's kind of like my, the, the, I don't want to say like lucky leaf or golden bag, but it's kind of the, these two opportunities that I have, I feel like help change me and get out of that box and kind of figure out that there's more than this. There's more than that outside of this world. One was continue with the art of living community, which is kind of, um, it's like a nonprofit organization that focuses on meditation and yoga and you can learn it you can learn the concepts and stay with that area or you can also help within the community and I was pretty active from eighth to, to um to tenth grade that eventually they started uh, they started calling me to they started calling to me event <laughs> they started calling me to events where I was helping them either with a mission, whether it was to implement these practices in schools in the uh, around the area we lived in, or just helping other folks outside. Like I went to Atlanta, to Florida, and these are like, it wasn't like every day. So there'd be like a week I would go over there. And then four months after that, we'd go somewhere else. So one of the trips where I had to actually, because I had won the hands-on experience and I was helping the community over there, that they allowed a high schooler to come to a college campus to take a yes plus course which is for university students and it was a new it was a new program that had started in the um in the university which i still don't know what location it is but i know it, it was somewhere around september 2017 frame time frame and over there over there there was a so I was the whole, it was kind of like a three week long summit. And within that summit, we were trying to 
from the beginning, they put us in groups to see that how we could establish a foundation what and they wanted to see where we landed in the next three weeks and we were paired in the teams of four and the people i was paired with one had really major disabilities one in who couldn't see one who couldn't hear and i think the third one was someone who had a really he had a major um disability where he a lot of the times when you can't handle stress to its extreme they either start um, eating a lot of sweets or they start, you know, putting out on someone, but he would actually just like run out, like literally like run out miles just out of nowhere. And to bring him back was like another task. And, you know, with me not having any, like I, hearing of those, you know, I knew about them, but I didn't have anything major as that much. So I try to, you know how some people try to highlight it that, oh, you know, they try to bring it about when in like a, either a rude cause or something that's not as appropriate. I try to somehow make them feel like I was accepting it and I was also trying to help and try to be a part of this journey for the next three weeks. But, you know, when things like that happen, you have that type of disability, society tends to judge you because you don't have that specific ability to do things. You know, you can't hear someone walking across the stage or you can't see, um, you can't see the world and just like how everyone else can. They kept backing off for the first week and a half, no matter how hard I tried to kind of be a part of it. I think there was like thoughts of me probably just leaving and because they didn't make any sense because it, it I was getting the meditation experience and I was staying at, um, at one of the coaches house and everything but whenever I used to come it didn't feel like I was gaining anything because a lot of it was group activity and one of the professors who was hosting these uh, was hosting the summit and uh, thought of the starting this movement within the university for the students said that the best thing you can do since you've already paid for it well I didn't pay well it was a it was a, that's a long story, but the, he said, you, the, is observing the prey. He said, when you observe what they feel uncomfortable, uncomfortable about, you'll start to notice what are the barriers, what are the barriers that are making them lag behind. And every time we'd have like 10, 15 minutes break within that, um, within the orientation, within the summit, sorry they were always uncomfortable about their presence even when they were not talking to anyone so like suppose there's like 50 people in the crowd and there's they they you know there's some people who are talking in that crowd and there's some just who are just standing there listening or just not doing anything they were those just going around and no one was saying anything to them nothing but they were just walking and it came to realization that one they either didn't like themselves or second they you know, they just, they just thought even when walking around, people had a problem and no one was saying nothing. And I kind of took the approach to that last week and a half to kind of show a different perspective to them that you can only be your biggest and baddest judge because your mind is kind of the critic that's also always playing tricks around you. And I think from there, we they started to see a different 
a different person inside of me. And eventually around the end of the summit, we ended up, I never thought that we would ever exchange phone numbers, but we ended up exchanging phone numbers, ended up getting to know each other better, kind of helping them reach their journey and they helping me trying to figure out me as a person. And uh, from there, um, you know, when we, when we came up on in front of everyone, they kind of presented that if I wasn't there, they probably wouldn't have learned the, the biggest lesson in life. And I think from, from that point, it kind of opened a branch of doors where I then started to find other things more interesting. I was being more compelling. So that, um, that story led to me getting to VCU where doing those problems where I was trying to figure out how to, where I was all of a sudden going from fitness person to complete academic person, just constantly studying, sitting there eight hours a day, that now I'm experiencing those two timelines, I'm having to put them together and the balancing part of it, that's what's like pulling two strings. So, yep. That is deep. (laughs) (laughs) So you kind of gave me like, not only your own personal journey with recovery, but how you've been able to witness other people walking through that same sort of pathway and utilize the information back and forth for both, right? Super awesome. Okay, so how how did, so your journey, and we've spoke before, like we've talked before, and so I know your story about um, being sort of obsessed and addicted to working out and fitness and, and the, what did it do to you, right? What did this experience do? How did it affect you? What was, what was like the motivator behind doing that? And how did going through that experience change you as a person? I think, I don't, I don't, mm, I think a lot of it has to do with uh, uh, my, uh, my mom being really, she was, I think in her childhood, she used to, she enjoyed playing sports. I mean, she came from India and she moved to the U.S. here with my dad. And even when she was in the U.S., she always sort of find things like fitness activities to keep her moving. That's how she would get through a day to do the work. And, you know, then when she had us children, <laughs> just like how everyone um, and like kind of managing the day-to-day schedule, that's what would keep her up on her toes. And I think as I would keep seeing her doing that, maybe you know, past the self-reflection because all my my older and my younger sibling did do those, you know, it just maybe hit me because I felt like, you know, maybe if I do this, I might do this faster. You know, you start to think about, you know, if this person is doing it, this might have some effect on me. And it did. It didn't make me do things faster, but it didn't make me grasp what I knew better. Um, so that was not because it was, of the working out visa. It was because my mind, everyone thinks that if we read a book, we won't understand it. So we won't ever read it. And if they've read it for like four years and some major, major trauma happens, they never touch it. And it's not because that you doing that activity was the reason. It's because your mind will take past events and make it a ghost story for you and kind of keep spinning it off just like that and it, anyway it it 
it uh, and it doesn't happen with everyone it depends on person to person but like with me when i decided to go back to it which i'm currently doing that i wanted to balance it out but somewhere or the other it would go back to the previous events and kind of make those catastrophic moments like you remember that this is what happened it just kept you just spiral into other moments of uh, of truth so wait a second i'm confused so you're saying that like you're trying to re-implement like fitness back into your life but in like a more balanced way so yeah so from your question you were asking that how how has it helped you i think it's yeah. helped me one become more faster one become more attained more aware of my surroundings mm -hmm. in that area of high school but when i left it there were other complications you know if you're not eating right you're not sleeping right then you kind of it kind of detriments the day even if you drink like eight glasses of water per day and what started to happen was when i even was doing meditation it would keep bringing those events in so it created a trauma in high school for me where it's like that was not the right decision so i because i've went from total putting fitness at like 80 from the 80 percent term to 20 percent of academia to 80 percent of academia to that being 20 percent, which would never really happen and now i've started realizing ever since the pandemic that you have to manage the 50 of personal and 50 of professional because if you make it 80 20 things don't go right <laughs> so um it's all about balance and the what i've noticed is that when i used to start it even when i, I the reason i wasn't doing work was because it was the mindset that was kind of making me go crazy and sometimes because of that i would miss a, a day or two of meditation so I had to, I'm now in this, uh, what you call journey of being uncomfortable again and revisiting previ previous memories and trying to kind of stack the equation to like my personal activities plus my professional activities equals balance to kind of make sure it's not too overcrowded. So I took the uncomfortable path by, by continuing, uh, by picking something, uh, by continuing some of the activities that I did during my VCU career from, from, from a professional side and to continue doing that and to not leave it because I've had things which I've been good at and I've also left. Mm -hmm. So some of the things I'm looking to pick back, I've not, I've kind of put that on the hold, <laughs> but personal wise, you know, one was to continue the meditation and everything that I'm doing, but the major thing was picking up the the working out, uh, the working out and reconnecting with some of the old previous connections personally and trying to create a better relationship than I did that time. Because when you're in a moment of stress that you can't think right, you say things that you didn't think you really meant, and so it causes a it causes an effect on that relationship at that time. But, and if you don't end up healing it, you know, they live with that notion that 
he meant it that way and you know he was real yeah. but when you decide to fix it um it can kind of uh turn a notch so this november you know this i think ever since i don't know if you've heard of the the festival of diwali but it's called the festival of lights that happened uh, i'm trying to i'm really bad with dates but uh it happened on november 4th and that whole week was dedicated to it it's based on the uh, a myth a mythology in India called Ramayana, and oh, they basically one of the one of the gods beat one of the demons, and it was a huge deal. And so that was when they called, and when he came back to his town called Arodia, it was a huge celebration. And ever since that week has passed, a lot of things have trickled in, which have made me sort of think that if I want to achieve, at least start by achieving that dreamer goal, because now. I'm done with my academia and I'm now able to focus that I'm gonna have to start doing this. So um, it's been just like how people like to call it Movember with like the mustache related to it. That's one of the reasons I'm growing it out to kind of show like a matured, a much more um, matured version of, of myself. So, yeah, I think that's you know, such yeah. a big part of everybody's recovery is having to go through that sort of rebirth where we accept the past version, make amends for the things that that past version of ourself did, uh, re-engage in our connections or let some people go and make new connections, right? Figure out who we are now and get grounded in that new energy of our new self and then be able to move forward as that new, more mature version. do you, let's see, who has been the biggest supports along your journey? And this, is this supposed to, um, this biggest support, can it be like a platform or does it have to be like a person? Um, I guess I was thinking more like a person, but it could definitely be a platform. I, th- I think like YouTube was probably one of my biggest supports, like watching oh, yeah. coaches and gurus and speakers, <laughs> yeah. right? On YouTube um, was one of my biggest supports. So yeah, it could definitely be a platform. Um, I guess um, the, the, my, the platform wise for me, it would be LinkedIn. Why? Because it helped to show it more, it helped me to one, because the types of dreams and goals that I was chasing against, one feels extremely impossible because that industry is at a very different level. And in order to get there, you would have to know people in that area. And I never knew what type of platform would you get to know those types of people? Because if you try to connect with them on Facebook, or Instagram, that's a totally different story. You know, they're never going to respond to you. So and I tried and it failed, but I, I eventually, when I was in college, they would keep mentioning LinkedIn and it never clicked to me. And a bit, somewhere down the line, when the, I started my fall 2019 semester, just like the, the which is, which is usually between, it starts around September, end of August and goes all the way to around December. And that was in 2019, just, just before everything COVID kind of hit its peak. I started learning, I started one learning the basics of it because I had a couple of 
professor mentors who were helping me and said that this might be a good time for you to start it in your second year. And I think in the pandemic, which I was, it was good and bad in many ways, but in this perspective, it gave me time to learn what it really was and to see what I could do more with it. And from, and from that, it started to make me realize that this platform can one literally help you get to where you want because it's, it's, it's all, a, it's basically a professional platform with all the people from all industries. So that is one thing um, that has changed me. And I mean, even if it, if, even if it doesn't get me there, but at least gets half of it accomplished, that's more than enough, you know, or even like 25%. So, but person-wise, I think it was, it was my, um, it was my mom in the beginning for my whole academic career, but now it's starting to be my dad because he's, he, I've started seeing him change in the pandemic as well. Be not that he was a bad person in the beginning, but, um, I never knew him as, as I did at that time. Mm. So, and I mean, it's, it's right now like starting ground, but understanding his perspective, I always used to be like, you know, he's saying it from, the, from that viewpoint. But when you really sit down with the person and kind of get to hear who, you know, where they're coming from, you then start to connect the dots that how did this person one either one meet my mom and then second kind of you know how he works how he works in that particular fashion so it's right now it's like changing moments at this time I mean I'm pretty sure 2022 is also going to be like that and that was saying yeah. I don't there have been years or well I, I don't think I would want to say years I usually have like month phases when there is no change because before that I was changing a lot but I think ever since August to October I wasn't changing because of a lot of uh I was hitting a lot of milestones so it was like accomplishment season and now it's like it's now restarted again with like new bigger challenges being presented and I could say somewhere around even end of June uh it was in that rhythm because I was used to the things I was doing that were more just work, 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 work. Um, so, yep. Super cool. So it sounds like your dad has stepped in and is kind of helping you piece together like some, maybe where there were some missing pieces in like your family story and things like that. So you can feel more of like a whole person as you move forward. So awesome. I remember those moments for myself as well that were really vital in my full healing journey where you get to figure out who who are these people really you know as adults right man to man or woman to woman kind of re-meeting your parents at, from a new viewpoint as the right as the new mature version of yourself to meet them oh. in that new mindset where you can see things differently so because you, you definitely. usually when you're usually when your kids a lot of the times you see your mom moms around the house so you understand their story very quickly because you kind of get to know them more personally on a better level than because usually the dad's out doing the work and this was the same way just like how 
um, just like how 90 stories would be, you know, the moms would take care of the children and they would also do their work or any side it, passions they would have and the dad would be out there earning the bucks. So I had gotten to know my mom's side of the story for a very long time. And so, you know, she, she helped me as much as I could. Um, she helped me get to the obstacles that I lagged in. Um, I mean, my dad would pitch in some of the areas, but it wasn't like I really got to know him. It was, it was not only until I started to see small hints in September and a little bit in October, but it really hit after the week of Diwali when I started seeing major hints from him. And um, yeah, we'll see how, I mean, this is like what, I think it's week two, three, week two. So <laughs> in a week two of uh, understanding someone a little bit better. <laughs> I love that. So do you have any favorite quotes, sayings, mantras or mottos that you use to kind of get you through a tough moment? Yeah. Um, when was this? I don't. I. I don't know because they. They were. There are months which I've really fairly remember really well, and there are months that, which were like mostly just working towards something and just normal months as they always are. But don't know if it was this year, if it was last year in November, December, but there was a period where that whole month I was literally watching motivational speeches. I mean, not that I didn't know of any, but a lot of them didn't, they would always be, they would always be like small quotes from a, like um, from either a film, a fable or a story, but it wasn't like a, like a real authentic full fledged speech where I could like go to and I could motivate myself if it was a really bad day or whatever it is. And quote wise, I'm not sure if you've seen the film, The Pursuit of Happiness, but so there's a dialogue where Will Smith is telling his son, Jaden Smith, that people are gonna tell you that you can't do something when they don't have the courage to do that thing that they don't even know what you wanna do. So go chase your dreams, but know when you, but know that you're also going to be falling heads down to go towards that. So that relates very, like, I can, one, see myself relating to that very well because I'm, that, I'm in that type of zone because I have big things that I'm looking to accomplish in life. Um, but that's one of them. Second, there's a commencement speech that Denzel Washington gave at the University of, Pencil Pens University of Pennsylvania. And in there, he said, he, his simple quote was fall forward and hit your head so that you can at least see where you're walking so you can know what path to take from there. Because he was saying it from the perspective that a lot of us are engineers, doctors, this, this, this. And, you know, we don't know where we're going to go, but we're going to find our path. We're going to learn, 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 and we're going to get, get to that eventual point. Because he said, and from what, and this is my interpretation, that reason he said fall forward is because 
the hitting the head makes sense. You hit when you hit your head and it hurts, then you got know that you won't do that again. You won't repeat that mistake again. But when you fall back, those are the ones you call the couch potatoes from my <laughs> vision, because you have you have a base that protects you. You know, there's no injury. Unless there's no injury or or wound, it doesn't really put a dent on you. So that is um, that was like from what I could understand. I just put like a little bit of my own spin to it and just look at it that from that viewpoint. Um, but I'm trying to think what. So like the pain helps you to determine yeah. if you are or are not on your correct pathway, right? Yep. There's one, there's another two, but I'm trying to think if there was anything else that, yeah, and I mean, I'm not going to get into how he became, you know, an actor, but Denzel, I don't know if you know about this fact, but before he became an actor and before he decided to go on there, he didn't actually know he was going to be an actor because he, he actually just went to a, a local stage and they were just looking for just random talent. It was just like a, a regular event, just like any other one, not for like professional actors. And he was just acting it out. And one of the people said that he did a really good job doing that. And that was his second clue. But his first clue came when he got to the University of Pennsylvania. He started with, I think, a science degree and he kept changing majors. And after no academic focus, they told him that, you know, you probably should, you know, you should, you should probably, you know, take a break and we'll think about if you, we decide to take you because if you keep changing, you know, the university, one doesn't take your focus and they didn't have to reevaluate that you, was he a good decision or not, you know, and his mother, had a, uh, a beauty parlor shop, I don't remember what the location was, but there was a wise person who came in the shop that day and just kept staring at her, just at him all the time. And he, she said that you're good. You're going you're gonna to talk to millions of people around the world. And he didn't know, he thought that he was going to go back to school, but he didn't know that that millions of people in the world, those millions of people, <laughs> the million people around the world would be through his movies. And he said, a lot of the times you think that you're going to go in this career path. And a lot of the times people make fun that he can't be focused enough to figure out his passion, that someone goes from the total bottom to the extreme top. This happens with Elon Musk. This happens with so many other people that we don't even see. But um, that was just something which I feel the fall forward for him to realize that, that took a very long time. Uh, um, so going to that, the, uh, the, the one other quote that I really sticks with me is Matt, so Matthew McConaughey, Matthew McConaughey, everyone who knows, everyone knows who Matthew McConaughey is, but when he won his Oscar for Dallas Buyer Clubs, he said that every time, he said, I mean, this is an imaginary person that he's thinking, but he says every seven or eight, every seven or eight years, he'll have a person say that, who's your hero? And he said, and he'll say, I'm my hero, but I, I don't even know if I'm my hero yet. And he said, he said, maybe the next seven years. And the next seven, eight, 10, he said, I'm never gonna be my hero because I'm always improving. And that is something which you have to do continuously in order to 
find a better vision, you know, even when he had the big highlights from 2011 to 2015, and he's people still know him for who he is, even after even after the, the his new book, the, uh, the Green Light, which has come out. Everyone is trying to be their own hero to figure out where they want to go next, and same with in everyone's story, like they all start small. I mean, who, who was it? Uh, Dwayne Johnson had seven bucks in his pocket after he didn't get drafted the, into the uh, football, into the NFL. And from there, he finally wanted to do wrestling. So, and he still says, not going to the NFL was the best thing that happened. So, a lot of those quotes really resonate with me. And I mean, right now, I don't know if you've heard, but Will's, Will Smith's new book, based on what he's had to go through, and um, him telling his story of the, the traumas he's had to experience and whatnot. He mentioned specifically that with his dad being a military background and him trying to find his art, it's always been hard for him to express himself that way. And it's took him experience, it's took him in, it's took him experience to learn that we all go through several phases of emotion through several stages which we can't predict we all want to be future predictors but we can't so that um that's also something which resonates with some of my siblings who tend to future predict all the time um because your future is only based on what you do in your present that's that's the basic equation <laughs> and that's what i um so yeah yeah man I love what you said there that you said you know in everyone's story they are they all start small that's so true and every single great story oh well, maybe maybe not Kylie Jenner but I think the rest of them started small but and so that's so true and that's so encouraging to remember that that anybody that we can look at and see as great in some way shape or form or that's like success what you do in the world financially whatever like everybody had to start somewhere and it's just as possible for any of us to make it to like our highest height as right. it is for them so where are you going from here what is next for Himanish? what are your plan what are your goals for what is the highest version of Himanish? uh well right now since i'm going through several um changes i guess the the next, the next version. I don't think. I feel like this is like version twenty. Every birthday that I have, you know, whenever I turn the next age, I'm right now in version twenty. And every year when I go, it's always another new version that has its own kinks and features of it. Some of them take previous attributes from versions that were helpful, and some of them they just evolve from there. But I guess from version 21 that I'm living to version 22. One, I'm trying, to, I'm trying to figure out what's the best way to say this. Being able to manage the 50-50 increment because I've been on the trajectory of 80-20 and kind of doing it in a way where I'm not destroying personal connections and I'm not destroying my path on the professional side, but giving time to both areas. And right now, there have been some failures with that. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. I'm 
I'm kind of just trying to, because as much as we, I used to think that everything used to, everyone would be basing everything on like schedules that they would write it all down and they'd get it all done. But really it's all about doing the work and having to prioritize it, you know? And I mean, obviously the things that are more important that comes, that comes naturally, but the things that are needed to do and that you keep delaying, you know, giving time to those as well, because they're necessary for you. Mm -hmm. um, so kind of prioritizing the things that I've been delaying in, instead of like the important tasks that are at my work or the things that I need to do, like how we all get ready or, um, you know, do the, uh, everyone has their own uh, religion, spirituals from like Christianity, Buddhism and Hinduism. So mm -hmm. kind of, you know, there've been several books that I've started halfway and not finished like those, mm -hmm. you know, there've been, um, the, some of the skill sets that I've had that I've needed to, to do in order to build my portfolio that I need for the dream I'm trying to chase. Um, you know, having to make sure that I don't go overboard <laughs> with the whole workout regimen, because I know once I hit that, once I go overboard with it, I lose control and yeah. not, you know, kind of <laughs> making sure I stay within a certain amount of days where some days are no days and some days are the other days. And it's not for the gains, but it's more towards just to help me do things faster you know looking at looking at things from a different uh, from a different point of view so that i think that's what version 22 is going to be where i'm managing it all out but also trying to learn those skills so that i can get towards those opportunities as well and i'm also trying you know i you i think the whole september and october i had a bunch of career paths that I wanted to do to go like, I want to do this, 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 this. But when you pick 10, 10 different things and you don't focus on one, you don't become good in it. You know, it's a, it's a basic fact. So um, that's, you know, just kind of sticking to one thing and going towards that. I'm laughing because I understand you on such a deep level because that's literally <laughs> who I am as a person. Like, I have three computer screens that always have like 20 tabs open of all the different things because I'm always like wanting to do, I have, you know, sometimes it's like a, a blessing and a curse to be really motivated, right? Cause I have like 20 million dreams and I want them to all happen right now. And I think that like, I should be able to simultaneously work on them all at once. But, right. and that's, I, so it's funny. I think you and I are right in alignment with each other right now. Cause I'm doing sort of the same thing, just working on balance, working on like honing in on doing one thing and getting really good at it, finishing things to completion and nurturing myself and my soul and my emotional body and my connections first and foremost. So so I'm right there with you, brother. <laughs> um, any final words? If you could say just one thing in just a handful of words to the people out there that feel like you. Yeah, I think for the folks that, you know, there, there are categories of high achievers. There are categories for folks that just want to live a normal day-to-day -day life and have those normal expectations and fulfill the duties of, of being an adult. And there are folks that, 
don't know what they're doing and why they're doing it. For anyone in any stage, your answers, it, the problems you're facing now, they're not going to resolve the next day. So there's no point stressing about them at this point. And I've learned this um, because I've had folks that I've seen them go do that every single time. And it's been, really, you know, when I'm having to decide, there is a bit of stress, but I'm not letting it out on other people. You know, I'm, I'm keeping it to myself and managing it. So instead of having to have other people around you, around you that are supporting you in this journey, bring you down because you're always being frustrated, just go with it because Monday, if the problem started on Monday, it's not going to get resolved on Tuesday. It's not going to get resolved on Wednesday. This is, this is, it's like, I like to look at every challenge, problem, opportunity, success. It's like cooking a dish. If you, if you undercook it, we realize it. If you overcook it, it's burnt. <laughs> if you want it to cook at the right temperature, you have to let it do its thing. You know, if you, if you think you're, this is just a simple dish. If you think you're going to make pasta and you're just going to do it within five minutes, there's going to be either the pasta is going to be cold or the sauce is going to be cold or something's not going to taste right. And sometimes that happens. You know, we undercook things, we overcook things. And then, but there's some things which we just can't over or undercook because they need to be perfectly heated at the right temperature. So let it go through it because then, Think of it as it becomes a story for you to tell. That's what everyone wants to hear. You know, like I didn't even know, like, and the fun fact is um, Will Smith said that when he had, uh, everyone knows about his show, The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, Fresh, The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, which I have not watched. So <laughs> do not criticize me on that. But um he he said that when he won all the Grammy, won two back-to-back -back Grammys and whatnot, all of a sudden, I think he had something with taxes. Before he got the show, they took his house, they took his income, and I think he, he was in jail. And he's like, he was saying that what had just happened. You know, he didn't know what was happening. And when he got out, he didn't know what to expect. And that Fresh Prince title, gave him something different where it said, let's, let's push you into acting. And I mean, he did continue, continue singing, which I didn't know about that as well. But um, yeah, you know, well, you yeah, don't get know. Willie style, get jiggy with it. I'm from that era. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm older than you yeah. think I am probably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I actually found um, my, I, when I saw the, I don't know, either it was being really style that was the first, his first solo album, but uh, my dad had his album and it was in this crate and I was like are you sure he was singing um this is I mean I thought someone just pasted it in there and just it's like a meme or whatever but then I searched it up that day and I was like 13 <laughs> and I was like what the hell I was like he actually used to sing and you make me I mean, feel he ancient <laughs> <laughs> but but now I don't think he sings as anymore but um yeah but he so funny he used to sing. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. 
So this has been such a pleasure. It's been so fun. If people want to follow you, hook up with you, talk to you on LinkedIn, how can they get in contact? Yeah, they can uh, well, um, They can find me on LinkedIn. I'm very active on there. Um, they can find me on Reddit. I am also, I'm also on there as well. <laughs> and I'm also on Instagram as well. But um, I think, I don't remember if I, I, I mean, I'm on Facebook, but I'm not really as active on Instagram or Facebook, but and on Instagram, I also have a, I, I used to do it, but there was this photography page that I used, that I have of my own that I used to keep posting and it was doing uh, when I was in BCU in person. And it was like a one and a half year project that I took on just to explore the world of photography. And uh, so that's some things that if that's something, for more content, if they want to see things of that sort, you they can take a look at that. So, but I think you're muted. Oh, thank you so much for being <laughs> on the show. And this has been from wrong bottom to bad ass. I will put all of those links for how you can find Himanish in the show notes. Good. Um. This episode is brought to you by the How to Wear a Crown course. It is vulnerable, authentic, real as fuck. Man, it's bold, expressive, heartfelt, and soul-led. I'm telling you, blood, sweat, and tears went into this course. I gave zero fucks when speaking my truth and telling my stories. It was made with the intention of having a sacred space where you can learn everything that you need to know about self-worth and be guided hand in hand throughout the experience. So if you want to embark on a spiritual experience of awakening your personal power, if you wanna break the cycle of self-hate and toxicity in your family line, if you crave the ability to unlock your full potential and begin to create a life of your dreams, if you're ready for more, more love, more fulfillment, more money, more joy, more laughter, more dreams coming true, and more everything, if you're willing to invest in yourself, and do the fucking work. If you refuse to stay stuck in internal conflict and a lackluster life for another damn second, then this journey is for you. This course is what I needed and didn't have. When I was learning how to love myself, I craved something just like this, but it didn't exist. I'm grateful to be the one that has walked this path. And now I'm honored to be delivering this content to you. And the best part is you get lifetime access to the content. It never expires. It never leaves. You can use it over and over again, forever. This is a 14 session journey guided by me, Rachel Greenwell, life and spiritual coach. It was lovingly designed to walk you through the actionable steps necessary to create an unshakable sense of self-worth that nobody and nothing can take away from you. Learn your worth, awaken your power, and unlock your potential. If you feel called, please enroll today by going to www.iamrockhell.com. That's I-A-M-R-O-C-K-L.com.